Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Semicast. Anthony's not here. It's just me, alone, in a room, talking into a microphone. It's just between you and I now. We can say whatever we want. Anthony's not going to know a thing. He doesn't I, even listen I to have the... Some, I, um, I have some bad news for you. What? But wait, what? I thought you were on holiday. Aren't you... Not yet. This is the week that... Yeah, but we're recording it live on the day, on the 23rd of... We April. are. So did you come back? And now you're... No, see, I smuggled all my gear out to my car, and I'm sitting out, <laughs> out right. here recording. Some mics and headsets, and... You must have pretty good internet where you are, because you're sounding really, really good. I have a thermos of coffee and three Easter eggs, two of which I've already eaten. Okay, um, then... Pre-gaming this podcast. <laughs> Forget everything I said earlier. He's here. Shh. Hey, how's it going? How was your Easter? Right. How was your holiday going? It's going okay. You, I've you, got Easter egg. Yeah, you do have... You've got one less Easter egg now. So, by my tally, you've got one left for the rest of the show. Zero, actually. Did you jam both of them in your mouth? No, no, no. I had three, and then I ate two before the podcast started, and that was the last uh, one. Math's not my strong point. Easter is. How was your Easter? It was okay. We uh, we went to my uncle and aunt's farm, and we got to go ride around on the back of a truck, and we looked at some calves that have been born not less than 24 hours before. My wife showed me a giraffe that was being born in the either the San Francisco or San Diego Zoo, and they were live streaming mm. it. And it was yep. kind of weird watching one giraffe fall out of another giraffe. Yeah. You have children. You've seen people fall out of other people before. Yeah, but this was weird because it kind of would come a little bit out and then go back in, and then it was almost like it couldn't make up its mind. And I think, right. you know, the giraffe looked a little bit bigger than my child when it came out. And then it just fell on the ground in a pile of just whatever. Giraffe. Yeah, and, and then it, everyone just stood around and waited for it to stand up. I don't understand why we're the dominant species now because in less than 24 hours, this cow had been born, could get up, walk around, run around, and had figured out that the food comes off the back of the truck when the truck shows up. <laughs> How are we able to rule the planet if the cow has figured that out in 24 hours? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to come to a head at some point and the cows are going to become the overlords and then they're going to farm us for meat. Cows with guns. Uh, my wife is telling me that apparently giraffes are incubated for longer or something so that they're more ready when they come out to survive because they aren't more of the, not the predator, the, the predatee hunted. Mm-hmm. So they can I survive. Think the a term little- you're looking for is gestation period. Yeah, that. that they right. stay in there longer so that they're more ready mm-hmm. to go when they come out. So they're ready to run. I'm not sure if the same is for a cow, but perhaps they're just ready to be turned calf. into hamburgers and quality leather goods. <laughs> yes, I mean I'm sure this the life and times of cows and giraffes is exactly what the Easter holiday was meant for. Mm. New um, life, yeah, new life and live streams. How long before people live stream their own births? Or it's probably already happened, I would imagine. Or at least hospitals offer it as a service. Hook up cameras into all the rooms. Yeah. That's going to be uh, a So, thing. There, there's something else that's actually happened, is that my wife, not a fan of the hot cross buns. I need to update really? you on my hot cross bun situation as yeah, well. Yeah, go. So, after the last podcast, I went up to Woolworths to find hot cross buns. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you made it. Yes. Woolworths shut. No hot cross buns. Oh, no. So, I went up early on Easter Sunday, and yep. it was all open. So, I bought hot cross buns for me, and I looked around for chocolate chip hot cross buns, which yes. my wife wanted. Yep. Which are an abomination, by the way. Your wife is the same as my wife in that respect. She's not really a fan of the traditional hot cross buns, but likes a good chocolate no. hot cross bun. No, the traditional hot cross buns are legion. There is no other hot cross bun. There are pretenders. They were the founders of the hot cross bun. Exactly. They were the so, undertaker of the hot cross buns. Yes. 
Walking out of Woolworths, I noticed that Baker's Delight is open and they've got a lot of chocolate chip hot cross buns. So I bought two for my wife and then I bought two more for myself. So as a result, I have a lot of hot cross buns in the house at the moment. So above and beyond having my hot cross buns for breakfast yesterday, yeah, I also had some for lunch today. And my wife decided to try some of the proper hot cross buns. Um, yes, the original. Yes. And she was sort of a bit on the fence about it, but I can hear out in the kitchen somebody manhandling the grill in the oven around. So oh. maybe she's decided to go full bore and grill up a batch for herself. Is this just in lieu of the chocolate ones being around or is just- just that she's turned over to the proper size. She might have turned, side. I don't know. You've turned her from the I'm, dark I'm side of hot sure. cross buns. See, she took a bit off the bite off the edge, and she, while she likes the spices and, you know, the fact that they're very heavily sugared and a little yeah. bit doughy, she doesn't like it when she hits a bit of fruit. Oh, okay. You can get um, fruitless ones, I think. Coles had, oh, okay. I believe, fruitless ones, which still, are fruitless still not a, Still not a hot cross bun. <laughs> no, exactly right. Like, there's a line in the sand here that I'm planting my flag in. And, and you're on the side of fruit-filled hot cross buns, traditional. Yes. Now, may I ask yes. you a question, though, about the, the mm-hmm. fruit-filled hot cross bun? Are you into peel or non-peel in your hot cross bun? Uh, I don't know. I assumed they all had peel in them. You may have shattered my world. <laughs> a few years ago, it seemed to be an issue. It seemed to be that there were peel-free and peel-filled hot cross buns, but I didn't see them as much, so I'm not sure whether that's gone away or one of them won out, and that's just now the standard hot cross bun. Barring my wife heating up any more hot cross buns, I have four left, so we might have to do a hot cross bun autopsy after the podcast to see if we can find any peel. Well, today I went to Coles and they had hot cross buns and I was like, well, I'm not going to let this opportunity go to waste. This could possibly be the last time I could get hot cross buns. So I grabbed it. I picked it up and they're actually warm. So they were still cooking fresh hot cross buns Ah, after Easter. Fantastic. Which I'm down with, but I'm not sure how that sits in the canon of whether that's proper or not. There was a, what was there, a Coles in um, Brisbane that had Christmas stocking chocolates out. Already? Yeah. That's great. I mean, just leave them. It's for all those Christmas and June people. And then after that, it's full on Christmas. It's not up to the government to decide when Christmas is. It should be whenever you want it to be. It should be every day. If you want it. Really? You should be able to have a tree every day. None of this, you can't put your tree up until January and then you have to take it down before New Year or after New Year or the six days after New Year or something. You should be able to have it whenever you want. Christmas is in your heart. Ah, oh, it is in your heart. Let's just get down to the brass tacks of things. Mm. We're recording this literally the day after we recorded the last podcast, so we haven't really done much. Have you played anything in the past 24 hours? Yeah, sure. I played a bunch of um, The Signal from Tolva, which I'm getting close to the end for. Yeah. It's, it's still interesting. Okay. I then did a live stream of The Signal from Tolva and Sir, You Are Being Hunted, which I guess comprises all of Big Robot's, it's like their entire output of of games. Yeah, cool. And so, yeah, you know, it's okay. Sir, You Are Being Hunted is still fun. There is a button on it that you can change the title of the game from Sir, You Are Being Hunted to Madame, You Are Being Hunted. That's pretty good. I'm going to play that now. Let's see if there's any other buttons. last night I played some Spelunky. Yes, Oh, hang on a second. Did you openly challenge your wife, who is the best Spelunky player I've ever seen in my life? Or was this- I do always challenge my wife. I tell her that she's going down, and then it usually fails to eventuate. You have a gauntlet, you throw the gauntlet down, then you are forced Mm -hmm. to- Pick the gauntlet back up again. Pick the gauntlet back up and put it away (laughs) until next time. (laughs) Pretty much. But this time I beat her by 40,000 points. Oh, did she just screw up, or did you go well? Uh, I went well. I think she screwed up too, though. So- how would, how would I phrase this? So I was trying to get to the City of Gold. So to get to the City of Gold in Spelunky, 
you need to find the key and the chest, which has the Ujit eye in it, which you then pick up, which then allows you to locate the black market in the jungle level, which you then go to. In the jungle level, you then can either steal or buy the ank, which brings you back to life. And then in the ice levels, yes. you have to die in a particular level that has like a stone head in it. And you will then reappear inside the stone head and you will get another item which I can't remember the name of, which then leads you into the temple in which you kill Anubis and get his staff. And that item you get from the ice caves and the staff is what you use to unlock the City of Gold in Spelunky. Okay. I got all of it, including the staff. But when I went to grab it, I was being chased by the ghost because I'd spent too much time on that level trying to kill Anubis. And as I ran over to get it, a movable block shot up towards the ceiling and pulled me away from it, and I got killed by the ghost. <laughs> now, I should also point out yes. that even though I beat my wife, 120,000 to 160,000, yeah. her score of 120,000, she was on the second area of the game. <laughs> my score of 140,000 was on the fourth area of the game, and there are four levels in each area. So I was on level 12, she was on level... You know, maybe eight or... Well, actually, no, I was on level 16. She was on level eight. All right, okay. Well... So, it took me that much longer than her to accrue that score. Last time I saw your wife playing that game, she was kiting the ghost around for shits and giggles. And generally, that's the point in the game where I just freak out and have to run to the exit because there's no way I can do that. Having said that, the the highest level I've ever gotten up to in that game is four, I think. Or maybe I've hit the first bit where you can take a shortcut or something. I'm not the good. first level of the uh, jungle. Yeah, pretty much. That's as far as I've ever gotten. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I tried to get further than that and I just can't and mm. I didn't feel like I could put the effort in to learn that game fully and then I just bounced off it because I was scared and you you were scared of it. Oh, you know, just scared of the time commitment uh, and I just had other shit going on. But, you know, right. everyone's got that game that they're really good at and that one's your wife's game. Yeah. Definitely. I have beaten her once, and that was when we were doing daily challenges, and she just screwed up really, really early. And I took that opportunity to Mm. just beat her score and then gloat about it a little bit, and then she eviscerated me the next time. So then we just didn't ever talk about it again. That's what usually happens. Yeah, yeah. Just wait for your opportunity. Wait for her to fail first and then go for it. Mm. Usually, though, for her, failure is somewhere short of a million points. Yeah, I know. So you have 9.1 hours on record for Spelunky. (laughs) Yes. I think she has over a thousand. That's fine. That's all good. She does her. <laughs> you do you. Yes. Do the thing you love. I don't love Spelunky. Oh, 1,253 hours. Okay. Yes. That's fine. So, yeah, that was my big deal last night as I almost got to the City of Gold. Only the second time ever in my life that I would have gotten there. Yeah. She routinely gets there. Okay. As a matter of course. I can't even remember. Is that a controller-played game or is that a keyboard-played yes. game? Controller. Oh, no, yeah. you can do either. I have a mere 181 hours on Splunky. Okay. That's even way better than me. Mm. Um, well, I remember introducing her to the game and saying, okay, now this is how you run and this is how you <laughs> jump. And if you want to run and jump at the same time, you have to hold this button down. And she's going, oh, I don't know if I can remember how to do that. That's a lot to remember no, at once. No, like, get out of the way, son. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Oh, uh, okay. Well, then all I've played is uh, Final Fight on oh, really? the main arcade machine. Yes. <laughs> Great. Did yeah. you finish it? Uh, no, because I had to make dinner. But that's what I was doing right. while the kids were cleaning up, getting ready for dinner. And I was standing around and going, hey, I could probably play Final Fight again. Generally, once a year, I will play through Final Fight. So I should go mm. back and play through it again. Generally, I start off 
playing probably Cody, mm. and then I move on to Hager later on. Because then, yeah, I was thinking the the pull of Mike Hager. Yeah, I start and I think, no, no, I'll play through as one of the other two, and then halfway through, I go, they're just not as good as Hager. So you know, no. And is it Hager or Hager? I've always said Hager. I have no idea. But when you said Hager, that sounded better. So maybe I've been it saying does. it wrong. That's probably why I say it. See, I try to do the same thing with Double Dragon, but I get bored because I have the ghost running ability in Double Dragon where the reverse elbow in Double Dragon yep. is unblockable and is an instant knockdown. Yeah. But it's you just have to wait for people to walk up behind you. So the game then becomes a very passive game where you're just <laughs> waiting for people to walk near you. Yeah, um, yeah. So I usually get to the end of, like, the forest in Double Dragon and then I say, I'm sick of this. Well, maybe because you're going to be away- and mm. there's going to be no Midnight Games Club mm. in those weeks while you're away. Maybe I can do Final Fight while you're away as Midnight Games Club. And that'll be my Maybe. yearly playthrough of Final Fight. And then if that happens really quickly, because I'm pretty sure that once you're in it, once you have unlimited credits, it doesn't take that long to play through it. Then maybe I'll do a double dragon in tribute to you yep. and try to do the backwards You elbow can actually thing. cheat because the deal with Midnight Games Club is it finishes at midnight or oh, right, near okay. about. So if you start late enough- Okay. You can fit everything in, so or you can only play the game you want to play. So, the bad part is if you start really early and then you have to yeah. just keep playing. I had to upload. Okay. You, the reason why we didn't record this podcast yesterday is I was still uploading the previous night's Midnight Games Club yes. to YouTube. Because it usually goes for about an hour and a half. Okay. Well, I didn't actually realize that there were rules to Midnight Games Club, but now there are there rules. Is. I kind of like it more. Right. All right. So, maybe let's look forward to some Final Fight. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I can output the video from the arcade machine into OBS. And do it that way. That'd probably be really hard. Mm. Knowing the hardware that's in that thing. Knowing the hardware that needs to accept that hardware. Anyway. You could probably put it in the Elgato because that's got S-Video out, I believe. Okay. You'd have to get the sound in there somehow as well. Yeah. My Elgato doesn't have S-Video in. It's just got HDMI. So, that's going to be even harder. That's all right. We'll have to stream it the old-fashioned way. I was planning the Midnight Games Club for my return when we found out, when we decided that we were just going to do this is Midnight Games Club anime bullshit episode. Yeah. Do you remember talking about that? Yeah, uh, yeah. So I went through all my games on PS3 and I'm trying to find ones that don't have like 90-minute long cutscenes because <laughs> that would comprise the entirety of yeah, Midnight yeah. Games Club. Unless I start at lunchtime and say, we're doing 12 hours of anime. <laughs> Midday to Midnight Games Club. Yeah, we should probably do that one day. That would be funny. We would be uploading that to YouTube for a week. But yes, we yeah, should. Probably. In parts, maybe. But, you know, let's do a 12-hour. Let's do a 24-hour game stream for uh, one of those charity ones, like the Child's yeah, Play or something. Yeah, sounds fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. Eventually. We would have to find our, our niche. We can't do um, Desert Bus because someone else is already doing that. But I think we can probably find a game uh, do we have to play the one our game? style. Well, may- maybe we find a series of games to play. Okay. Maybe we cast it in that you find the earliest game that you can remember playing that you can't remember beating and you have to beat it. Well, the earliest game I can remember playing is Breakout, but I'm not sure whether you can beat Breakout. Well, let's let's consider, like, say, Alex Kidd for you. Okay. Man, I- Did you finish Alex no, Kidd? No, I didn't finish Alex Kidd was left unfinished? Yes, Alex Kidd was left Apparently, unfinished. that game's a bitch as well. <laughs> I would have to get the original hardware out for that, because there's something about playing that on the Master System, those weird flat- They kind of look like the NES controllers, but they had the flat D-pad. Yeah. yeah. Does this mean I have to get, like, an Apple IIe and we have to get- antenna-style video into into a computer I don't somehow. even know how you would get video out into our capture equipment for an Apple IIe, but I don't know. Considering that there's no- we would have to mic the Apple IIe up because there's no um, <laughs> there's no video, there's no audio out. Yes. Hacking an Apple IIe. 
look for yeah. that coming up. Never mind the fact that like they are seriously expensive on YouTube now. Oh, sorry, not YouTube, eBay. Oh, YouTube is selling things now. Awesome. Yep. It's probably not too far YouTube away. YouTube selling old Apple IIEs. Oh, well. That's what YouTube's powered on. Yep. All right. So instead of having news, because I don't think anything's actually happened in the, the last 24 hours. Oh, Hideo Kojima tweeted a close-up of something. <laughs> Accurate. That was pretty much, That's pretty much it. And it looks like it might be a Godzilla doll. Okay. Awesome. Look out for that. Coming up, Hideo Kojima does Godzilla. Yep. So in lieu of news, we thought we would take a bunch of questions and emails. So we've put the call out for some interesting questions to be asked and answered. And we've got a couple of emails that we've been saving up, so we'll answer those as well. And then we've, if we've still got time, we've got a way to fill that with some bonus round questions just to, you know, help out the internet in general. Yeah. So that should be good. So let's move into... We need a theme music for questions. No, we don't. Let's fuck it. Let's just go straight in. Questions mm. for the After Easter Anthony's Away podcast. So just pretend Anthony's not here. Yes. First question comes in from Buddy Watson. And he asks, and I apologize to all the people who don't like the wrestling talk, but there's going to be a little bit of wrestling talk, but we'll try to make it as interesting as possible. Buddy Watson asks, how would you rewrite Undertaker's last match and road to WrestleMania? Or was it done mm. correctly? No. No, it wasn't done correctly. I would go even further back than that. Yeah. Look, I've got a couple of thoughts on potentially The Undertaker's mindset or my view of The Undertaker's mindset going into that match. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people are saying he should battle Sting and it should be a this match between WWE and WCW and then they both have a match and then they both retire at the same time. Whereas I think mm. that because The Undertaker's been around for so long and he's always been the guy to beat and he's always been the guy who's stronger than everyone else and he's always this badass either American badass or this undead badass. I reckon he wanted to be beaten by a younger guy. I don't think he wanted his last match to be beaten by another old guy. Having the only person to take him down be a young, quite buff, strong dude suited him a little bit more. I'm not to say that Mm. that was what they should have done to end the career of The Undertaker, but I think to me that made a little bit more sense about why he didn't do the sting route or retiring anyone else at the same time. Mm. That's just how I made sense with it or come to peace with it, so to speak. What were your thoughts on The Undertaker's last match? So I go even further back to the the ending of The Streak. Yes. Uh, because The Undertaker, if nothing else, is an entertainer. He likes to entertain. Yeah. Now, I would have his streak still be unbroken, but I would introduce an, an element into the WWE there where things start going wrong. You know, bad stuff starts happening, happening to wrestlers and, and people start talking about this legend where... If The Undertaker remains unbeaten for too long, it's like the end of the world, something bad happens. And so he has to be forcibly retired or, you know, taken out and they just throw wrestler after wrestler at him and then they throw two and then three and then entire Royal Rumbles where it just seems The Undertaker's not getting weaker. He's getting stronger with every every person he manages to take out. Yeah. And then when he decided to quit, I would go the way you did. I would introduce a new young wrestler. And maybe they, I mean, sort of on the fence about them becoming the new Undertaker, kind of like there always must be a Lich King, there always must be an Undertaker. But, you know, you want that one person to come in, sort of that one previously unknown hero. You know, I wouldn't be building it up over a single cycle. I would be building it up over years. Which is what they'd started doing with the streak eventually. It, you know, he just mm. suddenly became undefeated at WrestleMania and then it became a thing. Yes. I don't actually think it was something that they planned right from the start that he would be undefeated at WrestleMania. No, definitely not. That would, then, to, that, would, that would have been the real long game. So um, if they had have just gone the way they had and they broke the streak at Brock Lesnar, I would have probably retired then because like, that was mm. actually a pretty good match. That He still had a lot of energy and you know he did 
I, th- I think that was the one he almost passed out when he was walking back behind the curtains to grill position. But, you know, mm. that match was still pretty good. I-, I watched some highlights of it the other day, and that felt like a real brutal match. And I think what they should have done was that should have been the end of the streak, but Brock Lesnar should never be the same after beating him. I think that Brock Lesnar should have taken away a little bit of The Undertaker now, and he should have internal demons that he was battling for a while because you don't just take the dead man's soul and have nothing happen. I think it has yeah. to be an exchange of I some I don't think sort. Brock Lesnar cares enough about the business for that. Yeah, well, that's why I think that they didn't go that way, but they could have done that if they had have ended it earlier, like a few years earlier, to someone else, and had there be a storyline that kind of plays out afterwards rather than it just be, all right, this young guy beats The Undertaker and then nothing else really happens and then he just becomes mm. the big dog and it almost undersells everything else yes. that the Undertaker ever worked towards or because in the 90s there was a whole lot more of that dark art spirituality with the the Undertaker had followers and they were putting Steve Austin up on a cross and all that kind of stuff actually what i think should have been the last match and even if they did go the Roman Reigns way and you know Roman Reigns was taking over from the Undertaker, or being the one to retire him, rather than just a straight match, make it a casket match or something. Something that was integral to, like, something that The Undertaker brought into the company Mm. and have that be the way he goes out. Finally, someone gets The Undertaker in a casket in the middle of the ring and sets it on fire, and then that's the end. And then suddenly there's no Undertaker. The Undertaker vanishes. He doesn't fold up his clothes and walk away. It's He just vanishes into the ether because that's how he came about originally. Yeah, I was really annoyed that it was Brock Lesnar who broke the streak. I think it really needs to be someone who cares more. Like, as weird as it sounds, it needed to be somebody like Cody Rhodes. Someone who could play on with it for longer. Yeah, yeah. Because Brock Lesnar didn't need it. He was already a monster. And it was almost like they tried to lock the gate after the horse had bolted and go, oh, no, let's have Roman Reigns beat him. And it'd still be as cool, but already the streak was broken and you kind of had to justify that it wasn't 24-1, and it was 23 three and two and still kind of make Mm. that as good. They kind of ruined it by breaking the streak early. The streak had to mean something and it almost didn't. Yeah. That's our thoughts on The Undertaker's last match. We're going to move straight into another question from Andrew Clayton. More wrestling. Which is another (laughs) wrestling question. We're going to get these because they are related as well. Uh, And it's what would you do with the post-WrestleMania Roman Reigns? So Roman Reigns was the person to retire The Undertaker, one of the biggest Mm. names in wrestling. And this was probably one of the biggest wins, I suppose, that you could hand someone on a silver platter. But what do they do with Roman Reigns now? I have him reform too cool with Scotty Too Hotty. So does he play? He plays the- Rikishi, but like a much buffer, better in shape Rikishi. <laughs> and he does the stink ass. Does the stink ass become one of his moves? No, I think maybe he's he's looking for... Yeah, see, look, I don't really know what to do with Roman Reigns, <laughs> apart from just making stupid bullshit suggestions like that. Did you see um, the Raw after WrestleMania at no. all? So after no. WrestleMania, the show opens, Roman Reigns' music hits, he comes out, crowd boos. Crowd boos like I've never heard a crowd boo before in my life for probably three to four minutes solid. And that's not hyperbole. So if you think of about how long- They boo Jericho when he's a heel. Oh, way longer than that and just really viciously. And Roman Reigns comes out, he just stands in the middle of the ring and waits for them to finish and they don't finish and the chants go from you suck Roman to I don't know what it was, but it was just the most vitriolic, hateful- booze that i've ever heard even someone who's close to being a face have 
and he just, after that all kind of dies down, he just says, it's my yard now, drops the mic and walks out. That's probably the best way they could have handled that particular situation because if he's trying to, Mm. uh, if Vince is still, you know, adamant that he's going to be the face, because they are still talking about him, not in the fact that he's a heel now or that because he's ended the career of a beloved Undertaker that he's a heel or any even close to it. They're just like, oh, you know, sometimes they boo who they love and blah, 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 and they're mm-hmm. almost still trying to justify it. Yeah. But I'm not sure what to do exactly with someone who's got that kudos now that you're the ones who finally retire the Undertakers, not just beat the Undertaker. And that's what I think they tried to do with the streak is to almost play down the streak and make it about the retirement of the Undertaker rather than yeah. beating the streak. But you see, people don't see him as the person who beat the Undertaker. They see him as the person who was handed the Undertaker. Yeah, exactly right. But and I think- even then he was a person that they didn't like and now they just don't like him more. And they should have turned him heel and he should have just been, yeah, that's right, I beat him. Fuck everyone else, I'm the best. Unless he already is a heel and we're just being played again. Possibly. But one of the things I thought they could do with post-WrestleMania Roman Reigns was have him now no longer care about winning the championship because he's already done the thing that should be the peak for any single wrestler and have him Mm. just be a little bit despondent with the business and be like, well, I don't know, whatever. And then all of a sudden have everyone in the locker room try to take him out in a match because he now equals the pinnacle. And it's just like having Mm. everyone from the lowest people to the highest people challenging him and just have him just go through wars and go through hell and just prove that he is a good wrestler. They've actually got the opportunity to almost reset him in a way. That's the best I can come up with that. He doesn't care about winning the championship anymore and is just, he becomes a championship himself, but he doesn't want to be. He didn't really want to be the one who finally ended The Undertaker's streak because you can kind of see it in the match. And I tried to create that storyline in there where he doesn't want to be the one who retires The Undertaker, but it's inevitable that he's going to win this match because, you know, The Undertaker's a little bit old now and all that kind of stuff. But maybe just now that he doesn't want to be the one that has that role, but now he's a trophy in himself. And that at least is interesting. And yeah, just, I guess we'll see what they do. Just have him talk less on the mic and fight more. That's when he's at his best, when he's not trying to be funny. Right. There you go. Post-WrestleMania, Roman Reigns and The Undertaker. So let's move on to another question by Benny McJanet. He asks, quite importantly, crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Question mark. Well... You know, why would you want anything other than crunchy? Are you, you know, you just eat tofu for dinner every night without any like seasoning or anything like that? There's got to be a little bit of a, you know, spice in life. You got to have your crunchy peanut butter. I think crunchy as well. Mm. I've tried, I, you know, when you're at a place and they don't have crunchy and you still want some peanut butter and you try peanut butter, and there's always something missing. Once you've had crunchy and once you've come to appreciate the lumps and the interest and the rockiness of some crunchy peanut butter, mm. it's just like there's, there's something no missing. Other- Yes. It's like having a hot cross bun without any sultanas or spice. That's right. A hot cross bun with no fruit in it is not a hot cross bun. Maybe we should try, as a mixture, a hot cross bun with crunchy peanut butter on it. So it's a double-double. Get out. You could have that. Get out. What? Leave. I could. The only thing that goes on hot cross buns is either butter or margarine. But, But you could try it. No. Okay. I'm a hot cross bun authoritarian. You're a purist. Yes. I'm going to try it one day. Yeah, we'll just make sure I'm not in the room because I <laughs> I might do a bit of streak ending myself. You're going to slap it out of my hand to, to stop <laughs> yeah. it? And then just shove you in the chest and drop my mic. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah, so yeah. No one really wants smooth peanut butter. No. I think it's just 
something. It's what you get when there's no crunchy peanut butter left because all the cool people have bought it already. <laughs> all right. So now we're going to go on to another email in. This comes as a form of correction. So this is almost a little semi-fully informatic inside the rest yep. of our questions. This one says, hello, just thought I'd mention a correction for your fully informatic segment. Anthony mentioned that in Valiant Hearts that Anna was searching for her son during World War II. It was actually her father. She tends to wounded soldiers as she finds them in her search through the fighting. The game also had a very emotional ending, to which I was crying. In that same vein, has there ever been a game that has affected either of you just as much? Keep on doing what you love. Thanks. Stacey. There you go. Oh, God. There's probably been a bunch. You were incorrect. Man, let's get to the point are. where you were incorrect first. <laughs> let's get to the point where I was incorrect about a game that I haven't played. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talking <laughs> about your ass. About a game that I watched somebody else play sporadically as I was playing my own game. Yeah, exactly. Why weren't you accurate? Why didn't you fact check? Oh, it's mm. okay. Well, it's a heat of the moment type thing. You have to come out with something to say. and As long as you say damn- it more confidently than anyone else, you're the correct yeah. one. Yeah, it's the politician's way of... Uh, these are simply alternate facts <laughs> <laughs> about Valiant Hearts. Yeah. He was talking about Valiant Hearts 2, and you'll find out oh, right. when you get to Valiant Hearts 2. Valiant Harder. Yes. <laughs> now, there's a bunch of games that have seriously bummed me out when they finished, and I can't remember... Like Obviously, Silent Hill 2, which is my favourite game. I tend to gravitate towards games that bum me out when I finish them. Um, there was one not that long ago that was, I mean, sort of um, Bioshock Infinite, I guess, is one, and yep. the original Bioshock. Bioshock 2 sort of less so. You ever gone to the tearing up stage at the end of a game? Because uh, I don't no, actually movies. ever, I don't go that hard down into getting really emotional about endings of games. It's weird. I did in the mo- in the first Lord of the Rings movie when Boromir died and Aragorn finds him and he, he keeps saying sorry and going on about how he would have followed him and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, movies, I'll cry. I can tear up in a mm. movie and that's fine. I know that. I've come to accept that. But it's weird that games, I don't do that. Yeah. There's a couple of quests in The Witcher 3 that, that there are just there's just no good way out of and people's lives are irredeemably changed. And messed up because of something that happened. And mm. sometimes the only right decision, there are no right decisions, which is something that I don't think role-playing games do yeah. very well at all. There are it? just two shitty decisions. Yeah, it's there is of- just a choice. Yeah, it's one of the things I really liked from the first Walking Dead Telltale series was that the whole game was just, there are no good decisions. Yeah, yeah no, it's just varying that- levels of shit. Yeah, that, that kind of takes that to the extreme, though. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. It was, Which was weird. Yeah, no, and I still am quite amazed that I'd had no interest in the second series of Walking Dead Telltale series games, considering how much I liked the first one. It's one of those weird... Yeah, I think you, we might have been worried that it, it wouldn't have measured up. Yeah. I saw screenshots of the latest version of the Walking Dead Telltale game, and Clementine was like a teenager, and that was weird. Hmm. A lot of people have anymore. to uh, grow up. Technically, yes. I'm madly scrolling through Steam at the moment, looking through games that may have made me feel something like that. And I guess Dive Kick isn't one of them. <laughs> no. Although, you know, I did tear up. But I, no. Because um, <laughs> you dived instead of kicked. Yeah, I kicked instead of dived. That's the bad part. No, I don't really get that emotional about storylines in games, which is weird because I have more of a, I suppose you- Investment. Yeah, you have more of an investment time-wise and control-wise in things. But maybe mm. that's- Potentially why, because my body's not expecting it in a movie where they can pull off something like that. Yeah. Actually, I just remembered another part in The Witcher 3 that was fairly emotional where a long-time character dies. Yeah. So, yeah, but possibly The Witcher 3 would be one for me. Silent Hill 2. On the other end, sort of 
not just sort of crying, but there are games that have absolutely terrified me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To the to the point where I wanted to stop playing them. That's why I haven't started playing the latest Resident Evil yet because I'm petrified of from purchasing that thing. Really? <laughs> yeah. See, the, it goes in a regular pattern for me. Is it like amnesia? It's like I try and start it a bunch of times, get scared, and then eventually go through it in like small chunks. And then one day I just have a, a thing where it's like I have to, I have to beat this, and then I just go through the rest of the game in one sitting. Yeah. Right. And then you just no one can talk to you for the next couple of days. Yeah. You lock yourself away. So no, I have to deal with this. I'm scared to come yeah. out. Actually, the signal from Tolva got me the other day where there was a like a little 3D, what's a 3D, a polygon, I guess, a 3D hexagon. Yeah. Just on the ground, and it was a robot, but it was not moving when I found it. Oh. Yeah, and then it just moved by itself. It just rolled away, and I <laughs> jumped about a foot. I went, jeez, what the? <laughs> on movies, I remember, scary movies, I remember being in the theatre for Event Horizon, which oh, is yeah. the horror space movie. Yep. And that movie- We don't need eyes where we're going. No, exactly. And that had just heaps of jump scares in it. It was almost had too many jump scares. And I remember yeah. during the later part of the movie, there was another jump scare. And someone from the back of the theater just yelled out, Would you stop doing that? And everyone laughed because <laughs> everyone was feeling exactly the same thing. It's like, all right, we get it. You can do jump scares, do some other scary shit. But every- You just need that moment of levity to make it okay for everyone. Yeah. That's probably the only time I've ever heard anyone yell in just a regular movie theatre, yelling at the screen. There's a scene in Gears of War 2, and big spoilers for Gears of War 2 here. Yes. Like, if you haven't played it- um, Let me guess, you had to crouch behind something. No. So, you're looking for um, this guy, Dom, in the game. You're looking for his wife, and um, she's been taken by the alien things, and you're finding all these people sort of inside these- um, sort of casket type things and when you open them they're sort of emancipated and they can't talk they don't remember who they were they're sort of barely alive yeah and in this one you, you actually find his wife you open this casket and she walks out and looks exactly the same as if she'd never left and so dom's overjoyed but marcus is, looks horrified and it switches views like it does a rotate yeah and you realize that you were looking through dom's eyes looking at his wife you weren't looking through marcus's eyes and she's as emancipated and, and messed up as everybody else. Oh, and yeah. that, that was pretty hard. It was even harder than, that Chris and I were playing that through co-op together for the first oh, time. Right. And just neither of us said anything <laughs> after that. And it's like, well, I guess we just have to keep playing yeah. the game now. It's like, well, that bombs um, out. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that was pretty rough. Face. Yeah. Um, so not really any crying to an extent. And that's not because we're some badass people who don't cry. Tough guys. Trust me, you get me in a movie and I'll be balling. Mm. So there you go. Halo Reach was a bit rough as well. Spoilers for Halo Reach if you haven't played it. Because it's set up in the fiction, is it from Halo 1, you understand that Reach was a huge disaster and all of the members of the Spartan Project died except for Master Chief. Yeah, yeah. And you're not playing as Master Chief in a Halo Reach, so you know what's going to happen to you and all of your teammates. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely moments that you really appreciate and that are well told. Mm. Even I tend to get the most emotional i suppose playing competitive games like a fighting game or nba jam when it's a really close game and i'll kind of come away from that with my heart will be beating and i'll be sweating and I'll be, oh my god oh my god i can't believe i lost that i can't believe i won that and it's those little peaks which i really like as well, hmm. well anyway. sorry one more life is strange i haven't played it but i watched my wife play it and yeah there <laughs> looks like there were some sort of rough moments there about being a sort of a little bit past teenage girl like a young adult yeah, yeah that, that looked like a rough game to watch. Never mind play. Yeah. 
Actually, there was a moment in Abzu when I was playing Abzu and you're kind of swimming along and you pick up one of the little robots and the robot's swimming around with you. Oh, and at that right. point, I thought that you only got the one robot. So I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. It's blah, blah, blah. And I was swimming around. Yep. And then a shark comes over and takes the robot. And I was like, oh, no, my little friend. And then I realized that you could get another one. I was like, oh, well, fuck him. Don't worry about it. I've got another one. It's fine. Actually, you brought one up a couple of weeks ago. It would be Ori in the Blind Forest. When you were playing with your daughter. Well, that wasn't me. That was her. And um, mm. was just, just when one of the characters just dies, dies in the first, you know, I didn't spoil anything. They, it dies in the first 10 minutes or so mm. as part of the story. And she just looked at me and was like, Is that, did, he, did he just die? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's just trying to make, she's like, oh, I was just trying to be, no, that's fine. It's, it'll all be good. I'm sure it's happened really early in the game. I'm sure it'll be all good by the end. And because she's actually really emotional anyway. She doesn't like movies mm. just where people are getting in trouble. Even if it's like right. he's doing a bad thing, and then she'll be crying and hiding under the blanket, and she's projecting herself onto the person. Yeah, so we're trying to teach her about bad things happen, so that yep. good things don't happen. And generally, nine times out yep. of ten, it's going to be all right in the end. But no, she's if there's no bad, there's no good. Yes, I think my actually wife Journey was-, was the really big one that I forgot too. Okay, as a Journey absolutely wrecked wreck me as far as bawling my eyes out in front of the uh, TV. Oh, in fact, right, I'm okay. tearing up a bit now just thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not going to say much because it's such a short game and, yeah. and it okay. would be a shame if it All right. if it was ruined. So play Journey if you want to get mm. some emotion on. Let's move on to another question. We've got one here that says, Hi, guys. In your very entertaining chat about biscuits, which was far more interesting than the wrestling chat. Oh, sorry about mm. the earlier part of this. Then. David mentioned his fond memories of Ice Vovos with squishy marshmallows. Actually, Arnott's Ice Vovos have always been made with pink fondant, not marshmallows. In fact, the knockoff version of the Iced Vovo, the Strawberry Mellow by Paradise. Paradise represent. Yep. They have squishy Jam pink marshmallows. Jam in the house. They have squishy pink marshmallows, so perhaps these are the biscuits he's remembering. See the attached image of the two biscuits for comparison. No one will be able to see that. Perhaps right. David is a lover of the budget biscuit after all. Personally, I can't go past the original Tim Tam. Keep it up, Mon. Yeah, so that was probably the biscuit I was after. And they were just the ones that my nana had most of the time at her house and then... I just assumed that they were the Ice Vovos. I like a bit of marshmallow. What's this budget bullshit? Is, is this person saying that Paradise Biscuits are budget? Apparently. Is she saying that Jam Fancies are budget? No, because Jam Fancies aren't a knockoff of another biscuit, are they? No, but they are made by Paradise. Oh, are they? Well, maybe. Yeah. Ooh. Better not be throwing shade over the Jam Fancies. I don't think that person would dare throw shade over the Jam Fancies. Right. Are they made by Paradise? They are. Maybe I like Paradise Biscuits better than Arnott's. There you go. Your life has been turned upside down. Although the mint slice is still the best, so I don't know. You can have more than one brand of biscuits, and you can have more than one style of biscuits. I believe we're just casting shade on Ice Vovos at this point. We're not taking right. any other biscuits into consideration. Okay. Uh, I might have to buy two packets of each, or one packet of each, and then eat both of the packets Yeah. to figure this out. Okay. Um, you can take them on your trip in the car, Good. and then you could call in. An update. We can do a special quick Anthony's on the phone talking about biscuits. I don't know. Yep. Biscuit update. Yesterday for Easter lunch, I was at mum and dad's and I'd just finished a huge lunch and we had some dessert and I'd just eaten, you know, uh, a vanilla slice because mum had vanilla slices and I can't go past a vanilla slice either. No. And I was super full and I was putting all the dishes away and I noticed that on the side of the bench in like a Tupperware container, she had cheds. And even though I was completely full, I was like, Oh, I like a ched. And so I opened up. I could go a handful of cheds. <laughs> I had a couple of cheds as well because I really like cheds. Mm. You just can't go past the biscuit you like. All right. We're going to move no. on again. Next question. Hi, Semicastians. 
I have a non-game related question I was hoping you could answer. Damn straight, we can answer non-game related questions. I think we've proven that. Uh, yep. A few weeks ago, Anthony was talking about logging how many calories the food he eats has as part of losing weight. And I was wondering if he was using an app to track all of this information. And if so, Man. what is that app he uses? Thanks for all the laughs so the- and information, sometimes both at the same time. Belinda. So the app I'm using is my fitness pal. Okay. You could use anything. You could use Fit Day or Lose It. They all pretty much do the same thing. Have you I tried think. a bunch of different ones and decided on My Fitness um, Pal? I tried a bunch of websites and then I landed on the My Fitness Pal website after trying a couple of different ones like Fit Day. Okay. But then this was sort of before apps. So I've actually been doing this for a little while. I did it a bunch of years ago and then slowly crept back up. So mm. in that time, apps have come about. So because I already had My Fitness Pal set up. I oh, said, well, right, I'll just okay. use their app. So it wasn't a recent choice that no. you didn't go through. And I didn't. have not been tracking for the past two days either because, of, well, actually, I haven't. Let me tell you, the, those numbers were red. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Easter eggs and all sorts of stuff. Well, I didn't really even have breakfast or actually or, or even dinner last night because I was completely still full. That's probably the way to do it. Well, there you go. My Fitness Pal, was it? Yep. Uh, is it a free app on the iTunes it is free. app store? I think it has in-app purchases, but I haven't really been bothered by any of them. Can you buy less calories? No, no, you can't. Can you buy a better a version so. of all the things that just say, oh, no, all the calories are a little bit lower. You can eat more. Yeah, you can buy a version that says McDonald's is fine. You're fine. Oh, sponsored by McDonald's probably. My McDonald's pal. Never trust a McDonald's app. You can have five grimaces and a hamburger. Fantastic. All right. Uh, so that's the end of the questions and little bits and pieces that we had from people thank you very much for sending those in and and asking us questions i hope you enjoyed the answers i hope we got something out of the answers we still wanted to add a little bit onto the end so we thought that we would do the internet a service by Mm. going to yahoo answers and taking a couple of questions from there and seeing whether we could do a good job of answering them yep so we're going to jump right in to the first one the first one is a question by it doesn't actually have the name of the person some of these might not have names, so yeah. you should probably treat all of them as being anonymous because some of these questions are pretty dumb. Um, I was wondering, first question says, I was wondering, is it weird that I'm 15 and still play Nintendo? I also play PlayStation and Xbox, but wanted to know if it was normal for me to still enjoy Nintendo alongside them. No. No, not at all. I'm well a lot older than 15 and I still enjoy Nintendo games. In fact, I took my Switch to Easter yesterday because my 28-year-old cousin, she's recently moved out of home and doesn't have much money to spend on sort of things like that anymore because she's now paying for rent. So I just took it along so she could have a look and see whether it was worth actually spending the money on. So she's 28 and she's still playing Legend of Zelda and things like that. Yeah. And when you break it down, all games are really just a series of mechanics with a bit of a layer on top that you might find- Presentation. Yeah. Story and graphics and character- But Nintendo are really good at distilling all those experiences and all those mechanics down and just really crafting them so that they work really well and they feel really well. And the latest Zelda is the perfect example of that. Like Mm. all those systems exist in other games, but Nintendo just have this certain element of polish on top of it, which make them feel like it's more part of the world and that everything tends to make sense. And there's an argument to be made that they've out Skyrim to Skyrim. Absolutely. I wouldn't even hesitate to say that. But, you know, the subject matter is different, though. Mm. I was about to say that there were no dragons in Zelda, but there are. There are dragons in Zelda. Um, Yeah, I actually found one yesterday. Yeah. So, no, absolutely not. You can play Nintendo games. Don't be scared. I mean, you're 15. Mm. You're at an age where you really want to be growing up faster than what you are. 
potentially. So don't be scared of that. Just no. Love Nintendo games because eventually you're going to get to a point where you wish you weren't growing up quite so fast. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you don't feel like you need to ditch Nintendo for Call of Duty and shooting guns and doing all that kind of stuff. No. It's cool. Games are cool enough. Mario will always be there for you. And look, even if you don't want to play for a while, Mario will always be there for you. He will always mm. welcome you back with a warm embrace. Possibly a shiv as well. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's during the gritty Mario reboot. Yeah. The Call of Mario Judy mm. when he goes back to being a plumber but ends up having to- A lot of this probably comes from caring what other people think. And I think you'll find as you get older, you stop caring what other people think. Oh, uh, very, very quickly. It's almost <laughs> yeah. surprisingly how quickly you end up going, I don't care. Yeah. And it's like we always say here, do what you love. Yes. And it's interesting to note that as you get out on the road and start driving, you very quickly discover that other people don't care what you think yeah. or what other people think. So, no, it's not weird that you're nah. playing Nintendo at 15. I wish I was still 15 playing Nintendo. All right. Next question. We're going to go down the list here. Anthony's pulled out a bunch of crackers. All my fault. I'm waiting for this one to load, but I'm pretty sure that there's nothing more to this question. So, I'm just going to read the headline that we have. The Nintendo NES Classic has been discontinued. I'm reading over the spelling mistakes of this question, mm. by the way. Where? Oh, sorry. No, apparently, I'm not. Were you surprised at how popular it was? Question mark. No, I wasn't surprised at how popular I was. it was. Really? Yeah, I thought it was a little bit too expensive for uh, what it was. For where nostalgia hits people, certain people who aren't either super tech enough that they will know that they can build a Raspberry Pi with all the games on it for like well less than that. I wasn't surprised at all. Uh, I've seen how well reissue things go down and how well just people Mm. clamor for a little piece of their history. And it almost goes back to the previous question. It's like, no, it's not weird that you're playing Nintendo at 15 because everyone who bought one of those NES classics were either a parent who had played one and wanted their children to have the same experience or just grown-ass adults who just wanted to experience those games again but didn't really have the systems around right now to play them. And it's just those are the people who ended up buying those things. Yeah, but still I thought, "Eh, that's a little bit too expensive for what it is, really. I'm surprised that they discontinued it, by the way. Yeah, That's the one thing I'm surprised at. People thought they might be doing it because they might be opening an eShop on the Switch and selling those games. Oh, right, okay. Well, Yeah, well, that makes a little bit more sense. Mm. But there's something about that form factor it fires something inside your brain and you go i remember that and i remember having awesome times with a thing that looked like that and now i can have the thing look like that really small with hdmi and it can plug into my current tv and i don't have to go through the hassle of doing rgb outs and having scart connectors connecting into frame masters and getting really good quality video up <laughs> onto the screen it's just it's just a box with hdmi out and it works so yeah. i don't know i ended up with one and anthony didn't so there you go i think that probably says a lot as well Mm. Although I didn't really try that hard to get one. I, I really got one in the third batch. I remember not even trying to get one in the first batch because I was like, uh, oh, whatever. People seem to be going crazy about this thing. And then in the second batch, I tried and then I watched the EB game store online meltdown during the second sale. <laughs> and I was just laughing because there were a lot of people getting really, really angry about the fact that they couldn't get one. And then in the third batch, I actually... Just noticed someone post about it on Facebook. I think it was Vooks ended up posting about it on Facebook. And I went, oh, okay. And I was walking out to lunch and I was just on my phone and I was just jumped online and jumped to the EV store. And I was like, oh, okay, I've got one in my cart. Oh, there you go. And I bought one. And then I turned to my friend at work and I said, hey, um, your son might want one of these for his birthday. It's coming up. And she has zero interest in it, zero knowledge about the grander scheme of it being completely sold out and all that kind of stuff. And she just jumped on and Bought one as well, and she got one without even having tried one, and she got one really easily. So sometimes you just have to be in the right place at the right time. 
before the craziness yeah. hits. Well, it's going to be crazy now that they've discontinued it. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to be 600 bucks. They're going to be well more expensive than what you thought they should be. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm just probably going to build one out of a Raspberry Pi at some yeah. stage if I decide I need that. Yeah. Let's move on to a next question. Why are some male video gamers so feminine? A lot of the male video gamers I have met are very feminine. Is that a usual trait? Now, I picked this one for a specific reason. Do you think that there's a stereotypical gamer no, person? Uh, I really don't like the term gamer. And it's no. actually, I really don't like labels that people apply to themselves almost because I don't think it's up to you to apply a label to yourself. And look, I could be causing someone to be really angry at me cause, just because of the way I think about these things. But I think in my existence, I can't call myself a gamer. Like, people have called me a gamer. People have called me a nerd. People have called me a geek. People have called me a muso when I was, you know, singing songs and writing songs and all that kind of stuff. Whereas I've never referred to myself as any of those things because I believe I can only just be me. I can't Mm. exist as part of a group. I actually just like other people who like the same things I do. And I don't attempt to go out there and act like a gamer or act like a muso or act like a geek or act like a nerd. I can just be me. And then I think everyone else is free to label me however they want. But to me, that undersells everything I am. That's just the way I think about it. What, what do you think? Yeah. Well, I found that on the surface, like, if you go out and try to find communities for these sort of things, everybody kind of looks and acts similar. So, a video gaming club or an anime club. I was going to the Victorian Astronomers Society uh, meeting one night, and I said to my wife, are you sure you want to come? Because it's probably going to be a lot of old dudes. Um But then once you get below the surface, there's a lot of little differences that I guess count for much more than the similarities I found. So, for example, when I would go to, say, an anime club or a um, video gaming club, there'd be a lot of guys who would play video games. And I assumed that, like me, that they would be good at working with computers and that they would have sort of similar interests sort of outside, like, you know, junk food and stuff like that. But no, like there was a large proportion of them. Just taking computer skills as the uh, in, into account, a lot of large proportion that were console gamers, and it's kind of acted the same as me. But if I put them in front of a pile of computer parts and ask them to build me an exchange server or something, they'd have no idea how to do it. They wouldn't have any idea how to start, and they wouldn't be wouldn't be even be remotely interested in it. So it kind of I can see why the person asked the question because it kind of looks like that. But it's but looks can be deceptive. Labels are a way of people to very, very simply categorize people when they don't understand the full extent of what they're categorizing. But mm. almost the opposite of simplifying the process, it actually makes it more complex. Because once you then get in there and you do expect everyone to kind of act the same and you to feel safe because you understand fully everyone else who's there, you end up finding out that everyone are way more complex and way more different than anyone yeah. else. Um, but no, I don't think that male video gamers are overly feminine no they're potentially on the flip side because you're categorizing them away from people who love sport who can be seen as being more aggressive but i wouldn't necessarily call it depends on what you're comparing them against really yeah i mean i wouldn't necessarily even blanketly term everyone who likes sport to be aggressively jockey or a jock um a small jockey person yes a small jockey person because I like a couple of sports. I don't like sport as a blanket whole. Like, I don't really like AFL football and I don't really too much follow cricket or any of that stuff. But I quite like baseball and I really like basketball. 
So, you know, I do get into those, but again, I don't get into the whole tribalism of all that either. It's just maybe it's back to my other point, whereas I don't generally classify myself as belonging to a certain group. Because even when watching a baseball match, my wife and I'll sit there and we'll be really enjoying the match. And then we'll find that the people who are on our side of the supporter side are booing the opposition. And we kind of go, oh, that's not very nice. They're all trying. Aren't we all here to have some fun? And apparently no. not. Apparently people like so to you're, you're there. You're there to throw whiskey bottles at the people who aren't on your oh, team. <laughs> that's where I'm going wrong. I should yes. bring some whiskey bottles. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Not sure whether we've answered that question, but we've answered some other questions with inside that question. I think we have. All right. Going well. Should we write these into Yahoo Answers? No, that would take far too long. All right. They should just listen to this podcast. They should. All right. Maybe I should just post a little answer and they say, hey, listen to episode 16 of the Civicast <laughs> for your answer to your questions. Um, we're going to move on to another one. And the headline or the title for this question is, how do I forget something? Mm, how right. do you? Uh, the question is, I want to play a game and I want to forget what I've just watched because I've watched several gameplay vids on YouTube, which spoils the game for me. So I want to forget what I've watched. Please help me out. It kind of bugs me every time I remember it. I know I'm so stupid, but please help me. Sad face. <laughs> Got to read the sad faces. So how do you forget something, Dave, that you know? I generally, sometimes when I find myself in that position where I don't really care about spoilers generally because Mm. I actually find I don't pay attention to things a lot. So I tend to forget them anyway. And then I see it and I go, oh, I remember it. I already knew that. But I still have the same expression. I I forget people's names in movies. I forget Mm. people's names in real life. Yeah, maybe it's just because I don't pay attention very much to things that don't interest me. I forget off. people's names in real life, but I despise people who can't follow the who's who in a movie. Like it, people say Game of Thrones has a lot of characters and it's confusing, but it's mostly crystal clear for me who's who and who's doing what. You've also read the books. Well, okay, well, let's pick another example then. Like, there's not many examples where I haven't read the books. Because I find that I don't know who is in Game of Thrones, but only because sometimes they cast actors who kind of look like each other. And you go, oh, no, don't do that. That's horrible. Oh, okay. Makes it even harder. Yeah. No, it's really annoying when I go to a movie and people are saying, now, who's that? Who's this again? What's that? And so, you haven't watched the movie. I can generally follow a movie to, for like, you know, an hour and a half. And then someone will say, what did, why did that guy do that? And I was like, you are watching the same movie I have. I have no more inside knowledge than you do. Mm. But um, how do you forget something? Uh, like the people in the questions have said, well, a, a blow to the head or have your hippocampus removed? I generally, in those situations, I just don't play the game for a while and then I play it, say, after a month or two. And then by that stage, my brain's moving on to thinking about other things and I don't remember yep. what's going to happen. I've, I've kind of tuned it out of my brain enough that it's kind of okay. Um, I would say also just don't watch games on YouTube that you want to play. Yeah. There's always that. Don't if you think that you might be spoiled by it and you really want to play it, just give it a shot rather than um or you know, maybe go to a store where there might be a demo kiosk or something like that. Just watch videos of games you've already played that can't be spoiled. Yeah. So I don't think technically you can forget something after it's inside your brain. Not without the correct medical like knowledge that the KGB has. All right, I'm going to go all unscientific or as scientific as I could possibly be, but I'm most likely going to be incredibly wrong. So someone can email in for a, a full informatic at some point. But I was listening to another podcast. It was something like 99% Invisible or one of those kind of NPR-y type ones where they talk about the brain and all that kind mm. of shit. And the thing I took away from it that was interesting was that apparently 
when you remember something, it goes into your brain. And whenever you try to remember something, you don't remember that exact fact. Your brain just reconstructs that fact so that you can yes. remember it. I think I heard the same episode. Mm. And then once it's reconstructed it, it actually puts that memory back into your memory banks. So the more you remember something, the less accurate to what actually happened it was. Mm. And what freaked me out about this was that the way the, to best m- remember something the most accurately is to never remember it again. Mm. So what I suggest is that this person thinks about this thing every single hour of every single day from now on. And then by the time he gets to playing it, it'll be completely different than what he thinks it is. Okay. Game in the system. Game in your brain. All right. We should try an experiment. Okay. Go. Well, no. We're going to need a lot of time to try it. That's all. We need to find something that you want to forget and then force you to remember it. Okay. Yeah, that's going to take a while. Let's not do that Maybe right now. Maybe King of Fighters 2001. <laughs> Would you want to forget that? Uh, no, I want to. I want to keep playing that. Right. I'll find something that I want to forget. Oh, I know. You want to forget King of Fighters Maximum Impact. Yeah, that wasn't very good. Which is a three D one. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> but we also have to find something that you then also want to remember later on. King of Fighters ninety eight. Right. Let's move on to the next question. I like this one. How to order without parents knowing? Question mark. I rap. Awesome. And I'm getting a microphone. The only this is that my parents don't know. I have a couple of options. One, order online and get shipped to my house. I have an email account and I can just use a gift card. Two, get it shipped to a friend's house. And just so you know, he already said yes, just in case. Uh, Number three, can try and somehow buy at the store. And I know they have it because I already checked. Number four, get my friends to buy it at the store which I haven't asked him about that yet. And yes, I would give him the money. I'm open to any tips and ideas. Thanks. Right. There you go. Do rappers have their own microphone? Is it like having your own guitar and you have to kind of bring it to the, Some to the rap do. battle? Some do. I think. Right. I know that when we went to see Henry Rollins, he has his own microphone. Right. Because he talks all up right into the microphone and spits into the microphone a lot. I think he mm. just likes either not using a microphone that someone else has used or that he thinks that no one else would want to use the microphone that he's spat into for three hours straight. He's a very polite man. He is. So I would assume that rappers might have their own microphones. I think right. when you're just starting and maybe you don't have a microphone to practice with, maybe you need one. I've right. spoken so about me like, trying um, to get on eBay uh, a microphone that, that the Beastie Boys used to use back in the day. It's a very particular the, style the of microphone. The actual microphone? No, no, or? just a style of microphone. Right. But um, I haven't managed to get one yet. I'll get one one day. Right. Just for shits and giggles. In regards to the question, though, I think the guy's parents already know. Probably. I'm pretty sure that they can tell that he's a rapper. I think. Yeah. Now that getting older and seeing how kids try to be deceptive about things, they already know. Yeah. My children are constantly amazed at how I can predict the future about bad bad <laughs> things that are going to happen. So, how'd you know I was going to drop that? It's like, I just, I saw you had it and you, were gonna, and you, and you weren't watching and the drink was just flopping around and then- and you know when I said, hey, don't drop that? And you went, no, it's fine. And then you dropped it. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm trying to teach them that. But sometimes you've got to let kids fail. Learning from prior incidents. Yeah, exactly. You just get real good. Yeah, your mm. parents know that you're a rapper. It's all that gold chains and the big pants and the Adidas t-shirts and mm. sunglasses. They know. Maybe they disapprove. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe yes. they know, but they're trying to steer him away from a life in rap. So they don't want him to have a microphone. Yeah, but you'd think that if he secretly made plans to get a microphone, they would already know that he secretly made plans to get it. Probably. Uh, I would, if I was to try and get one without knowing, uh, I would either get it shipped to my friend's house 
if my friend was cool with, like, you know, if he wasn't going to get in trouble from his parents about getting a microphone, or I would just go to the store and get one. It's probably best going to the store and buying a microphone. At least you know that it's going to be the original microphone and not a rip-off mm. fake version of the microphone, which you can often get online. And yes. you can even then try it out there. You can even spit some wraps into that mic before you purchase it and see if it's the one you want. I'm right. actually, well, that, that's, that seems comprehensive. <laughs> it's weird that all I really want to know is what he raps about and what type of mic he's getting for rapping. Right. I don't know what mic you would get for that would be better than other mics for rapping. SM58. I've seen people rap into an SM58, but when I see rappers rapping into an SM58, they do that thing where they put where they cup their hand around the ball of the top of the mic. Oh yes. And you shouldn't yep. do that at all. Um, some people get really <laughs> pissed off when they see people cupping their hand around the mic <laughs> because that's the way the mic rejects any off-axis sounds. Is that it can listen on that particular angle, and that's how it stops feedback. And cupping yes. your hand over it might make you sound. Like this, I'm rapping on my mic and I'm rapping, you know, that, that's, that's me rapping and that's me covering right. my mic. Yep. But it gives you a, like more presence and more mid, but it also increases feedback on an SM58. So, don't do that. You're not uh, you're not using an SM58 at the moment though, are No, you? I'm not. I had to cut my hand around See, my condenser mic, which is even worse. This is the thing is I have an SM58 plugged in right uh, here. Are you going to do some rapping? No, because the <laughs> recording software I'm using, I can't oh, figure out how to get no. it to record both at once. Okay. All right, never mind. We'll, Damn it. Maybe we'll do a rap version of the show when we, yep. when we both have SM58s and we can both cup them and cause some feedbacks. We just need to do a live version of the show where we get to walk around a stage. Oh, yeah. Then we can give each other rap names. Uh, all right, we're going to move on to another question. Uh, what game slash S, game slash games, do you want remastered? Biggest ones for me are Medieval and Time Splitters. There you go. Right. What? This is a trick question from me. Oh, really? Because you want a particular yeah, game remastered and you just didn't know how to bring it up? No. Do you want to know what games I want remastered? Oh, sure. What game do you want remastered? No games. Just make new games. Yay. There you go. We don't need remastered games. I mean, sure, make them work with modern hardware, but I don't like... This is the thing that really pisses me off is I recently remastered Bioshock and before that they remastered Silent Hill 1, 2, and 3. Yes. Now... They go, oh, it's like HD textures and all this shit. Someone's gone into Photoshop and edit a sharpen filter. Well done. But those games, like, they were made in a time where games had art directors on them who chose the look of the game based on what the console could, could produce. And, and, and they put a lot of work into making sure it looked a particular way. Yeah. And when somebody remasters a game, they change the way it looks. So then the job that the art director did just gone out of the window that's true and in silent hill 2's case it was particularly bad because they like they took uh say an asphalt texture and uh it was a bit sort of muddy on the ps2 uh they sharpened it up and got rid of all of the sort of the grit and everything like that so it just looks like almost like a flat gray asphalt and and somebody showed it to the silent hill 2 art director on twitter and he said well this is horrible <laughs> what <a> w- <laughs> you know this in no way imparts what we were trying to impart in the original game oh. Yeah, I think they should remaster a game, but only to add things like uh, netcode if the game didn't have netcode. But for mm. God's sakes, if you go to the effort of remastering a game to just to put netcode in, fucking make the netcode work. Don't just put shitty netcode oh. in it. You're I'm, coming from a fighting game perspective. I'm looking here. at you, Garo Mark of the Wolves, when they fucking right. did Garo Mark of the Wolves, and they put netcode in. They put really bad netcode in. They should have used GPG, and they didn't. And 
they fucked Isn't it up. Isn't it GPIO? GPG is general purpose Oh, maybe encryption? it is. GPIO. They yeah. should use GPIO. Maybe. The one with the G. Yes. Always add G into your net code. Yes. <laughs> the technicality. Yes. But yeah, if you're going to remaster a game, just add one little thing. Make sure that that thing works. Yep. But no, I don't want a remastered Garibark of the Wolves. I just want more, better games. Give me some more interesting fighting games. Although, having said that, High Definition Rock Howard in King of Fighters 14, fucking good. That's not really a remaster, though. No, it's he's a, just a character. Yeah. So, he's allowed to be in Like, there. I'm fine with that, because that's a new game with different mechanics and different stages. And Well, they're prettier versions of current stages, existing stages. Yeah, but they haven't gone back and said, this is Garou Mark of the Wolves, we've gone and remastered it. No, no, no. And now you can play as Geese Howard because he's back. No, and they haven't gone back and gone, this is the 2017 version of King of Fighters 98. They've done King of Fighters 14, which is On how the, the King scale of Fighters of 1 to 10, how angry would you be if they remastered Garou Mark of the Wolves and made Geese Howard a playable character? Uh, um, so, all right, real talk. <laughs> Garou Mark of the Wolves is the diehard of fighting games. It's perfect. It doesn't have many characters. It's self-contained. Everything in that game is beautiful. Everything moves perfectly. You don't need to have Garou Mark of the Wolves 2 in set in an airport at Christmas time with Bruce Withers crawling through a tunnel and saying the same things again. Just let Garou Mark of the Wolves be. It's perfect. Yes. It's got Alan fucking Rickman in it. It's fine. Okay. All right. Didn't know Garrow had Alan Rickman in it, but sure. Let's just move on to another question before I get angry about Garrow Mark of the Wolves. Next question is from Anonymous again. Why was video games invented? Question mark. This is a good question, I thought. Something that nobody's really stopped to ask. Like, the way he asked it is dumb, but nobody stopped to think is, <laughs> why were video games invented? What was the catalyst? I don't know. Like, people like playing shit, but how would they know you, before you start they to played it? think at the... Um, whenever any new technology comes along, there's a, a group of things that attach themselves to it. So, porn, computers, video. Yeah, exactly. But why does it have to be that way? Why did that happen? Were there other entertainment things on a computer before uh, games? No, there were entertainment things in general. And I can see the logical leap someone would make to, look, we made this card game that you can play by yourself. You don't need to play someone else with. Yeah. What, what do I need to play it? Oh, you need a PDP mainframe. Sorry. You can only play it when you've got time at university. So do you reckon the video game, the very first video game invented by someone at a university with access to a big computer was just mm. a bunch of the students going, hey, you know how they paid so much money for all this fucking computer gear and they're making us do serious shit. Let's do a dumb fucking thing on it instead of doing work. They were just trying to not do the thing they should have done and they created a game and then everyone wanted to play that thing. There was probably an element of that, but there was probably an element of competitiveness as who could make the machine do the coolest thing, I would imagine. Oh, maybe. Yeah. So from all of that, we get Japanese visual novels. Yeah, exactly. I like to do this sometimes is like pick something that's in the here and now that is almost indefensible. Yeah. And then go back to a technology that is super important that the thing in the future couldn't exist without and just draw a line straight between them. (laughs) You could say the invention of the printing press, which made uh, education and reading available to people, and then printed pornography. Yeah. Bad things, good things. Okay. The invention of, um, I don't know. Anyway, let's move yeah, on. Yeah, I actually had one that was relevant to you, but then it, it became super racist in my head as I was thinking about it, and then I thought, no, nah, maybe not. Okay, well, let's not. That's actually a good that. thing. It means that uh, you ha- possess a uh, mental filter. Yeah, yeah. Okay, next question. Should they make a live-action Link Legend of Zelda TV series? 
Mm. So there was one rumor to be in the works. Was it a Netflix thing that was the rumor? And then that rumor got shot down. Yeah. And I don't think anyone who heard it went, yeah, they should do that. I think everyone went, why are they doing that? Hmm. I don't know. I would have to wonder what it would be. A lot of the story in Legend of Zelda is kind of implied. There's not really a lot of stuff there to hang a properly story-driven game on or movie or TV series. There's not a lot of talking in Legend of Zelda that drives the story. It more drives around things that happen is that Link shows up. He's not very powerful. He gets powerful. He beats Ganon. Maybe he has Zelda's help. Yeah. And there's a lot of retconning in the Zelda series, so I'm not sure Mm. which timeline that they would go with. And yeah, exactly. I think they would have to go super serious and- yeah. Almost just forego the whole little green costume and the Master Sword wouldn't look like a Master Sword even in that case. So I'm thinking that you would almost have to go down Game of Thrones way and just go all super serious Mm. with it. But then is that even identifiable at all with Zelda? Because you could just have a guy wandering around in a little Robin Hood outfit because that wouldn't be cool at all. When Link was in Soul Calibur 2, like his sword stood out really starkly against all the other weapons in the game as being this looks like something that like fisher price would make i was gonna say a fisher price sword yeah yes it's one of those things like not every character or not every series is going to work across all mediums and a lot of zelda works because it's puzzles and interesting dungeons and things that are fun to experience and are fun to figure out and make you feel clever when you figure them out but wouldn't translate that well into a TV series or a movie, I don't think, unless it's an animated movie, and then at that point, why are you doing it? See, I'm a fan of the theory that everything is a good idea. We just have to wait for the right person to come along who has the idea that will enable the execution to live up to its potential. Yeah, and also who has the opportunity to do it without anyone interfering and going, oh, Mm. you know, maybe it should be done that way. It's like, if someone's got a master plan, let those people have the master plan. That's when you get the best, purest craziness idea yeah because you were talking about dungeons before and you think like that's just approaching the problem from deliberately taking the source material and putting it on the screen like when people make video game movies and everyone says video game movies are dumb there's a reason for that because they take the source material and they directly translate it to yes. the screen so everything that happens in the game happens in the movie but i'm looking at there's mortal pacing kombat. differences yeah actually no mortal kombat was good because there's christopher lambert in it that's but true pace, <laughs> pacing differences and you know, you talk about the dungeons in Zelda. So people are not going to watch someone go through all these different dungeons getting the pieces of the Triforce. And yeah. Like, you could see somebody coming up with, you know, maybe the Triforce gets split and they get, there like, might be one dungeon scene and then there's another scene where they have to do something because someone already owns the other piece and they have to convince them to try to sell it or they, they sort of plan a heist or something like that. But, you know, this is just me sort of weeding out over Zelda, but I'm a fan of the theory that everything is a good idea. The right person with the right idea yeah. has to come along and be able to do it. Yeah, and I'm, I know I'm blanking and I can't think of the one that's going to be the good one. Has there ever been a really good video game movie? Uh, well, people would say Mortal Kombat is a good video game movie. Really? Um, yeah, I can say that like, there's plenty of terrible ones if you want me to riddle. Well, we went and saw the Doom movie. We went and saw, we went and the, saw the, the Tomb Raider movie. That's embarrassing these days. I actually own Tomb Raider on DVD, but I've never watched it. Didn't we see it at the cinema? No, we saw Doom. I know that much. No, we um, did. I've seen Street Fighter the movie. I believe yeah, I've seen I the Mario Brothers movie. I don't Brothers think I ever saw that one. Yeah, look, um, if you want to think about this, go back and watch the Mario Brothers movie. with. Um, so, recently the Warcraft movie, was that good or not? 
Probably not. I've been so not interested in that that I didn't even know it was out. The Tomb Raider movie was kind of okay enough for them to get sequels, but then I guess the Mortal Kombat one had sequels. Paul Anderson has been humping the Resident Evil franchise. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Somebody asked me to explain those movies once, and I said Paul Anderson got a bunch of Legos that were Resident Evil Legos, and then over time he got other Legos and started mixing them up with the Resident Evil ones, and people <laughs> asked him to stop, and now he's locked himself in his room and, and refuses to come out. Yeah, yeah. There's there's not ever been a really good one, I don't think. Minecraft movie? Oh, God. Is that still happening? Like I thought it was out. I don't know. Really? Again, I don't pay that much attention to it. I just- Do you think video games would be better TV series rather than movies? No, video games are better video games than movies. Right. Um, Apparently, there are two Fatal Fury TV series. Really? Might be animes, though. I'm not sure. Probably. Although, look, between the last episode and this episode, so in the past 24 hours, I've been watching a lot of Parappa the Rapper TV series. Mm. And um, that was at least interesting, although I was watching it in Japanese, so I have no fucking idea what's going on. But there's, <laughs> there's lots of bright colours and sounds and people talking in Japanese and there's Parappa and all of his friends and Parappa's rapping cool. And yep. I like that, but not in the way that I want to see them make a movie of it. Mm. I just like it. The closest thing, I guess, is when they make an anime based on a video game because those two genres are kind of almost joined at the hip. Yeah. And yeah. even then, it's not really that good. Well, it's almost like the, the parent- flip side. Like how many movie-related games have been great? Well, actually, there's been a couple. Um, there's one that I always use as an example. Off to the side, there's a King of Fighters short film. Oh. <laughs> that was produced by Production IG, and I think these are the people who did Blood, The Last Vampire. They may have had things to do with Trigun and oh, Attack right, on okay. Titan. They probably consulted on Kill Bill, mm. and the property they used to <laughs> base the King of Fighters short film on is King of Fighters Maximum Impact. Awesome. They chose poorly. Ah. <laughs> uh. I mean, like, I wouldn't consider Shadows of Mordor a game based on a movie because it wasn't yeah, really. Yeah, no, that's a side I mean, it had work. some of the same stylings in, like, the Orcs and all that kind of stuff, but, and that was a really good game. Looking forward to the new one. Mm. Um, GoldenEye? Yes. You can sort of bookend it. GoldenEye, the best game based on a movie, critically acclaimed, and then E.T., the extraterrestrial oh, yeah. worst okay. ever game. There you go. You've got the worst and the best. My I will say that made. Robocop for the Apple IIe was pretty good. Okay. But I was a kid at the time. They should make an NBA Jam movie. That's all I'm going to say. Did you know that there was a Reservoir Dogs video game? No. Was it just <laughs> you went around collecting ears? I don't know. It's a third-person shooter. We have to play oh, this game. Oh, God. That'd be horrible. <laughs> of the original actors, only Michael Madsen provides his lines <laughs> and voice acting. He's got nothing what? else on. What's Why he, did I read do? that and go, of course? <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on. I've got two more questions. Mm. Oh, I, I do want to say, just quickly talking about Parappa the Rapper, there have been a lot of Parappa the Rapper CDs of all the music from Parappa the Rapper and the music from the Parappa the Rapper TV series, and i completely forgotten that there was an album that was out around the mid to late 90s, I think it was, that was Parappa the Rapper themed, but it was real rap songs and real hip-hop artists mm. mixed in with Parappa the Rapper vocals and music and it was called Parappa the Party Mix presented by Tommy Boy and mixed by DJ Cowrie and I've been listening to that over the past 24 hours and I that is an amazing CD if you like probably mid-90s era hip-hop so it's got De La Soul and it's got Coolio, Digital Underground, Africa Bambada, Naughty by Nature and Queen Latifah and all those type of people right. and it's really good go out and listen to it okay I've been listening to it in my car because that's what my life is now Two things. Yes. Reservoir Dogs game. Yes. 
refuse classification in Australia. Oh, we can't play it. We're going to have to illegally no, import we it. We're going to have to ask that kid how he managed to get his mic without his parents knowing, and we're going to have to yes. use that same technique to get Reservoir Dogs, the video game, in. But I also just remembered Super Star Wars, which is a Super Nintendo game. Yes. Uh, which is kind of feels like, remember the old like Disney Lion King and Aladdin games? Yes. Sort of the platformers kind of feels like that. Level in Super Star Wars where Luke goes to town on a sand crawler with a lightsaber. Right. <laughs> and he just murders all of the Jawas on there. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like the postal from um, Star yeah. Wars universe. All right. Next question. I only got two left. Second last one. Are video games better than sex? No. No. The only reason why I included this is to say, look, you're young <laughs> and it may seem that one is easier to get than the other, but go out and form relationships. Still play video games. Video games still pretty good. It's fine. Video games be cool. Yeah. But having adult relationships with other consenting adults is much better. Mm. And then you don't have to go to Metacritic to rate them. It's all good. Yes. Oh, although I think that's just called Tinder now. Right, okay, yeah. Let's escape by that question, go into the last question, which yep. is comes to us, and it is, uh, why can't I bring myself to admit that I don't like nor have the time for playing video games anymore? I thought this is an interesting one. Hang on, I'm just going to read the rest of the question because I just clicked on the link hoping that there will be no more, and there is more. On one hand, I do love the gameplay, the storylines, etc. But on the other hand, I feel like it's an absolute waste of time and I think that on some level, I just get annoyed with the effort of progressing through games as well. For, well, nothing. There is no real reward. The end. So at what point do you come to accept that you're no longer interested in a hobby that you were previously interested in and try to move on? I do it all the time. I've done a lot of See, things over the course of my you're life. You're a modern version of a dilettante, if I can use that phrase. Is it you're kind of like a mayfly that flutters in and out of things and you pick up a lot of skills and you enjoy yourself? Yeah. I think Adam Savage says, when I pick up a new skill, I see exactly how much time I would need to invest to be really good at it. And then I go <laughs> and find something else to do. Yeah. And it was actually Adam Savage that made sense of my life to a certain extent of uh, collecting those skills because he was talking about him being a skill collector, and he goes mm. down the well of each of the skills to the point where he understands why the experts in each of those skills are experts. Because when you're on the outside, mm. someone who's very, very good at a skill and someone who's an expert seem like the same thing. But once you get in and you learn the intricacies of things, you understand that you can get 90% of the way there to being an expert. But the last 10% about those people who are the best in their field, it's only once you get to that point that you understand, oh, okay, this person is either crazily good at it for no reason or they've put billions and billions of hours into the just the intricacies of getting this really really well so i mean i've yep. done a lot of things I've, i'm always interested in new little toys and things so you know mm. i've learned how to play guitar i've been a magician i've learned how to weld i've done a whole bunch of stuff but only because i get to a point in that skill i go all right well i kind of know enough to be able to do this whenever i want to do it now and i'm going to step away mm. and i have that skill now i'm going to go and find something else to do Yes. And sometimes I've bounced in and out of games as well. Sometimes I have the same yes. feeling like, oh, what am I doing? I'm just sitting in front of a TV doing some crazy stuff. I'm going to go write some music. But then I know that I can always come back and games will be here. The games will still be there. Um, yeah. No, I'm the same. I taught myself how to program in assembly language a couple of months ago just because I'd always wanted to learn and I'd never got around to it. And I managed to get a computer booting up into a very basic operating system with no Windows or no nothing. And that was enough for me. I didn't have to pursue writing my own device drivers for things. Yeah. Which was another level of crazy. Yeah, I've gone deep into cooking at times. That's always a good one mm. because you can pick really specific things that you want to know. It's like 
I'm always interested in cookbooks that don't just give you a recipe that tell you what this ingredient does. Yeah. And I've got this one. That got gives this you one context. on Yeah, they've got this one on uh, baking pastries, but they don't really list any recipes in it. They just go through and tell you that these are the ingredients that are commonly used in making different types of pastries, and these are the properties that each one of them imparts. So you could make a pastry that's kind of halfway towards one type and halfway towards another type. Just like knowing how something works is more important than knowing how to do something, yeah. I think. I've got a 300-page book on barbecue, and it only teaches you 10 recipes in the end. Because yeah. it's all about getting the right barbecue that and getting the right wood and having the right airflow through to get the right smoke that comes out to get the right constant temperature. And then here are the basics on how to do ribs and brisket and all those kind of things. And, how, and, and here are a couple of sources, but here's the theory behind why this all works. And here's, here is enough tools that you can go and make your own thing. Yeah. And probably the same with home brewing. We more pursued... We didn't pursue recipes like people would say, yeah, buy this thing from this place and add this in. And it's like, no, I want to figure out how it works. I want to drill holes in an esky so that I can keep like a mash at exactly 72 degrees or. Yeah. And just see what happens. So I guess that's it for all of our questions. Yeah. So that's the last one. Last question. We're all out. Hopefully we've helped out the internet. We've helped Mm. out Yahoo. If you've ever written a question into Yahoo or if you know someone who's written a question into Yahoo, point them to this podcast and then. Maybe we answered their question, hopefully. I don't know. Mm. Anthony is on holidays now as we, as you're hearing this. He's not here in the studio with me. He's out gallivanting around the world, doing some stuff in a car, yep, driving. We're going caving. Are you? Awesome. Yeah, should be fun. Hopefully you'll arrive back safe and sound. Enjoy yourself. I will. Uh, if you've got any other questions or comments about anything that you heard today or anything that you've just got, you know, problem in your life and you want us to answer a question about, it doesn't have to be about video games, it can be about anything, please send them into semicast at semiinformatic.com or you can send us a message on Twitter where you'll find us at semiinformatic. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes where you can also find past episodes. And while you're there, we'd love it if you give us a review and a rating. Tell us what you think. We love hearing from you. You can also find the Semicast show archives as well as other videos online at semiinformatic.com. Thank you very much for listening. And as we always say, and as we've, I hope we've established in this episode, is that we love that you love doing what you love. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you on next week when Anthony should be back live in the studio Yay. with tales of spelunking for reels in caves and yes. hopefully not running away from ghosts. That would be no. a bit weird. Thank you for listening. We'll see okay. you next week. Bye. Bye.